You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. You see this picture. I came across this picture online the other day, and I remember, where do I know that picture from? And this was a portrait of Jesus that was in the very first church I ever went to when I was a really, really little kid. And I see some of you, your head's nodding. You probably, maybe this is familiar, uh, a very pale, a very uh, solemn Jesus. And I got to thinking as I saw that, I thought, you know, I wonder how that image of Jesus affected the way I looked at him or uh, thought of interacting with him. What if, I got to thinking, if, if it had been more of a, you know, as a little bitty kid, uh, something from like the Jesus Storybook Bible. I love a Jesus Storybook Bible. If you've never, if you're an adult and your kids don't have the Jesus Storybook Bible, you need to get it and you need to read it too. I love the Jesus Storybook Bible. But these are some of the illustrations from that. I mean, just would Jesus be more accessible, more fun, more, you know, just, uh, you know, just more lighthearted? I, I don't know. Uh, today, we are actually kicking off a, a new message series um, that uh, for the month of June, your summer is a fun time, and it is an opportunity for us to focus on, on fun and following Jesus. That may seem a little weird, a little irrelevant, uh, irreverent. I hope it doesn't. Uh, there's some questions I want to ask you as we go through this series, and, and here's one of the first ones. When you think of God... Do you think of fun? Do you? Really? Do you think of fun when you think of God or when you view God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? Uh, you know, how do you think of, of, of laughter and, and fun and, and just enjoyment celebration? Because the way we think of God, the way we see Him, the way we relate to Him, uh, that's going to affect our relationship with Him, won't it? It'll affect how we approach him, how we think of him. Do we, maybe a bigger question that we might want to ask ourselves is this, do we consider fun or humor, laughter, unimportant, or maybe even unspiritual? Do you? I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest with ourselves this morning. It, how, do we, how do we look at that? You know, at least after the last year, I know that I need to make fun and laughter a much greater priority in my life. And I look at the world around me and I see a lot of other folks who need to do the same. It's been a tough year. It's been a tough year. But even just naturally, some self-disclosure, self-disclosure. Um, I tend to be a pretty serious person, all right? Most people perceive me as pretty serious. Uh, some might even say tightly wound. Anyway, I don't know, but, but the, the good thing, and Mary Margaret can attest to this as someone who has known me since the fall of 1983, I am much less tightly wound than I was back in, in the 80s, right, Mary Margaret? She has something to do with that, and so does the Holy Spirit. So it's a, it's a, it's a good combination, it's a good joint effort. But uh, yeah, you know, I am a work in progress in this, but I recognize my own need for, for fun and for celebration, and in just that idea of enjoying the Lord and enjoying life. And, and, and it's really important, you know, when Mary Margaret and I, we dated off and on all during college, and we broke up one time, and one of the reasons I gave her one of the times that we broke up was, we need to break up because we laugh too much. 
Like I said, a little tightly wound, very, very tightly wound. So uh, I do, I, I recognize that I need to make just fun and laughter a greater priority in my life. I need to laugh more. And as we go through these, this series together, uh, I, I want you to know this is just not something that I feel like, you know, I just... I need to do it in and of myself, but there, are, I believe, as we look at the whole of Scripture and as we look at the person of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, um, I, th- I think we need to recognize that there is a proper place for fun, for laughter, for celebration in our lives. Should fun be a place in the life of a follower of Jesus? I would say yes, yes. And what we want to do is just welcome the Holy Spirit to, to do that uh, for all of us. Uh, this last year, one of my favorite moments um, in a spiritual direction session that I had was, um, I, I remember we'd, we'd taken some time just to quiet our spirits and, and to read some scripture, and, uh, and we were just being quiet before the Lord. And there was this picture that just sort of came out of nowhere. And it was me, it was me going into this very busy, very loud, very fun, uh, highly energized uh, restaurant or bar, and there was Jesus sitting over in the back corner at a, at a table, at a high-top table, waving at me with a big smile on his face, like, I'm really glad to see you. Come on over here. And I don't know, I just needed, I needed that that day. I needed to see that picture and to experience that aspect of, of, of the Father's love and, and the love of, of Jesus and the love of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, 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 I needed that. And I think that we all need to to see that our God is a God who created laughter. He created fun. These are gifts from him. They are good gifts from him. And James reminds us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. So he created joy. He created laughter and fun. And this is something that he desires to give all of us. We're all made in the image of God. God created us to laugh. He created us as human beings to laugh. I know that you hear about laughing hyenas, but really humans are the only ones that are, have the ability to laugh. And, and so God's created us in his image. He's given us this ability to laugh. Scripture tells us that God himself laughs. Quite often it is uh, laughing at the absurdity of us as human beings thinking that we're smarter than he is or stronger than he is or wiser than he is. But then there are other sections of Scripture where we see, I love the story of Abraham and Sarah, and we, we spent a lot of time at the beginning of this year looking at that story and how God chooses and wants to bless us. And if you remember, uh, Abraham and Sarah, God promised them a, a child. They were not able to have children, and God promised, I want to I bring forth a great nation through you, and yet they were not able to have children. And so Sarah finds herself 90 years old, Abraham 100, and God gives them a baby, and, and, and it's this crazy kind of thing, and Sarah just laughs at the absurdity of it all. I mean, you know, the idea of a labor and delivery unit on the geriatric ward at the local hospital is a little crazy, but the beautiful thing is, as she laughed, God did not condemn her. In fact, it's almost like he, he joined them in that, that, that sense of humor, that odd celebration by saying, I want you to name him Isaac, and Isaac in Hebrew means laughter. So it's, it's, it's pretty crazy and fun to see all the ways that, that, that God does that. It's a gift from him 
that we should enjoy. You know, fun and laughter should also be part of a Christ follower's life. This shouldn't be the only thing in the life of a Christ follower, but certainly should be in the mix. As the writer of Ecclesiastes tells us, there's a time for everything, okay? There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And in verse 4, it says specifically, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. We've had a lot of weeping. We've had a lot of mourning. We need some laughter and we need some dancing, don't we? I do. I do. I'm just being honest with you. I need that. My soul is hungry for that. Does that mean it's just about being frivolous uh, and, and, and just throwing everything else away? No, not at all. It's about the right time. And, but it, but it's certainly, we need to recognize as followers of Jesus, there is a time to laugh. There is a time to dance. It should be part of our lives as followers of Jesus. And as you read through the Gospels, I want to encourage you, particularly this month as we go through this series, look at the Gospels and look for those moments of Jesus having maybe a little bit of acerbic humor. Never mean-spirited, never demeaning to anybody, but there's some edge to some of it, right? I mean, come on. If you look at it with a bit of sarcasm, again, not mean-spirited, not ugly, never demeaning, but, but it's there. If you look for it, there is all kinds of fun hyperbole. There's humorous exaggeration uh, to get his point across. I'm not saying that at the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus is doing stand-up. I'm not saying that, all right? But if you look at it and take on a, a different lens, I think you can see I know I can when I'm intentional about it. Appreciating Jesus' fun-natured personality, it can have a huge impact on the way we relate to him, the way that we serve him, and the way that we present him and share him with others. I believe with all my heart that Jesus was a wonderful, fun person to be around when he was here on this earth. I believe that. And, And he was fully God, but he was fully human and I believe that, that people enjoyed his company. And I believe that that can uh, re- really affect the way that we relate to God and the way that we present him to others. So that's really important. I, I remember the words of the, the founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley. He said this, sour religion is the devil's religion. Can I get an amen on that? So, I mean, it's about recognizing that we are representatives of Jesus Christ as his followers. And so we need to, to, to know God that way, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in the fullness of who he is, including the joy and the laughter and the celebration and the enjoyment that he invites us into, and we also need to present him to the world around us. I think we also need to give it more attention to fun and laughter because fun and laughter and celebration are really good for us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. This is another case with science catching up with God's word. It really is. Studies show over and over again the therapeutic benefits of laughter to health. They're well documented. When we laugh, endorphins are released into the bloodstream, increasing the body's ability to utilize oxygen. Uh, Laughter uh, enhances blood flow. It reduces stress lowers blood pressure, dulls pain, fosters a sense of relaxation. It provides cardiovascular benefits, and these are just to name a few. And boy, there are no ugly side effects like diarrhea or anything like that, unless it's a really funny joke, right? You know, 
So it's about recognizing this shouldn't surprise us. This is a good thing. This is a good gift from God. And and it's going to bring forth good things in our lives. So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for us? How can we be be proactive about this? Hey, uh, read a a funny book. Uh, Go see a comedian. Uh, I I can think of of, of comics that Mary Margaret and I have gone to see through the years or or specials we've watched on Netflix or something. And again, I'm not calling you to to go and watch something vile or something that's demeaning and dehumanizing to people. and, 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 And that's not what I'm talking about. But there's a lot of really good comedy. Or just... Go and intentionally hang out with people who make you laugh. My wife makes me laugh a lot. So, I mean, she uh, just sees the humor in things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just really good. I, I, we've, been through, <laughs> we've been through a lot the last several years. And uh, it's still amazing how we can find humor in the midst of a lot of the crazy that we found ourselves in. I remember when back in 2013, when we were making regular trips to Emory, University uh, Emory uh, uh, Hospital to uh, deal with my really diseased left eye, and I remember when we'd walk into the waiting room, and and Mary Margaret would say, "Here we go, you know, it's like the pool of Bethesda with all the sick and aching people are there," and it's like, yeah, you know, and uh, so just finding humor in even the tough situations of life. Um, and then I remember the very first chemo treatment that Mary Margaret had when she was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2017. And I'm sitting there, I'm standing there waiting for her to get blood drawn right at the beginning of everything. And uh, I love all kinds of music. My ear is drawn to music. And so the music, the background music, as she is getting her blood drawn to get her first dose of chemotherapy, is the Fuji's cover of Killing Me Softly. (laughs) And I thought, I'm not going to say anything about this right now. But one day, this is going to be funny. This is going to be funny. Not that day, but another day. And, and I'm just thankful for that. I look around this room, and I, and I see people that I've been able to just enjoy wonderful meals with, great times at parties, laughing, walking away, just lifted up, refreshed. And that's part of encouraging one another, uh, and, and that's, that's part of of what we need to do. You know, I, I, I came across the prayer of St. Teresa of Avila, uh, a wonderful Catholic saint, and she prayed that God would deliver her from gloomy saints. And she was a saint. She's a saint, and she prayed that. So it's a good prayer. I think it's something we can pray. There is a time to laugh, and summer is a great time to have fun. Maybe during this message series, I, I, I would encourage you, maybe as you're reading the, the Gospels, as you're in your devotional prayer life, maybe ask the Holy Spirit to highlight the fun and the humor in Jesus' life and ministry. Uh, and there, there are going to be a different examples that we're going to look at throughout this, this series. Um, and maybe like me, you may have a tendency to be more serious, a little more uptight, uh, maybe you didn't grow up in a home where there was a lot of laughter. And so I, I would say, ask the Holy Spirit to form in you, to form in us uh, a very healthy desire and a healthy value uh, for fun and laughter in our everyday lives. Uh, it's there if we will look for it and if we will seek it out. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us just a heightened awareness 
I believe it was part of Jesus' life when he was here on earth, and I believe that it was part of his disciples' lives, and I believe it's to be a part of our lives today. So this morning, I want us to quickly look at, at one example. There are many in the Gospels, but one of my favorite stories in the Gospels, one that I continually like, wow, why did you do this this way? This is so cool. John chapter 2, it is the story of uh, the wedding at Cana. And this is Jesus goes to a party. Jesus loved parties. He loved parties. He went to all kinds of parties. He even invited himself over to people's houses for dinner. So, like, I mean, if Jesus did that, I mean, why can't we, right? You got to, you know, somebody's got a, you know, it's a good cook. Hey, you know, can I come over for dinner tonight? Jesus did that. He loved parties and he had a reputation, particularly among all the religious people, of partying with, with, with people who were not so holy. Uh, in fact, they were very, quote unquote, unholy uh, compared to, you know, the legal uh, scholars and religious leaders of his day. But we're going to look at John chapter 2, the wedding in Cana. I've always been struck by the fact that Jesus' very first recorded miracle in Scripture is not healing someone who was sick. It wasn't feeding thousands of hungry people, but it was going to a wedding. A multi, I mean, this is like, you know, we think it's, it's a big deal if you have this long dinner uh, as a wedding reception, but we're talking, this is multiple days, the whole community being invited, and by the end of several days into this wedding reception, well, they run out of wine. I mean, eventually they're going to run out of wine after a little while, but they run out of wine, and it's embarrassing uh, for the host, it's disappointing for the guests who still want to party. Uh, maybe, you know, it's causing the end of a celebration to come a little sooner than they necessarily wanted it to. Maybe the bride and groom says, oh, this is bad luck, you know. But at worst, it was an inconvenience. It wasn't a major, major crisis. But imagine, I want you to see this as we read it, sort of maybe like a sitcom, like, a, like a, uh, an I Love Lucy episode with a focus on the servants in the background because you know they're going to get the brunt of this because either they didn't order enough wine or they served too much too soon. I said four ounces, not eight ounces. You know, they're going to get the brunt of this. And so maybe think in terms of of, of how they're coming uh, about this. They're they're running out uh, around in the background. They're freaking out. They're, you know, they, they have no more wine. Jesus and his mother are invited to this wedding. They are invited to this wedding. Um, and, and, And so maybe, just maybe, this is what happened. Maybe Mary went to the open bar to get a refill on her Chardonnay, and they're like, sorry, ma'am, we have no more Chardonnay. Like, well, what about rosé? I, I, we don't have any more rosé. Well, I'm not usually into reds, but what about a Merlot? No, ma'am, we don't have anything left. And at that point, Mary's like, Jesus, you got to do something. I don't know. No, no disrespect, no disrespect. But I'm just like, okay, how did she get involved with this? She's not part of the family. How did she get involved in this? Let's pick up the story and take a look at it. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus replied, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. 
And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. I mean, that's pretty gutsy, taking these, uh, you know, what was just water poured into these ceremonial cleansing pots. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you saved the best till now. And what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So Jesus goes to this party and there's fun, there's laughter, there's celebration that takes place. And fun and laughter should always be rooted in kindness. It should never, ever be mean-spirited, okay? And we see that here in Jesus. I mean, uh, this, this was an incredible show of kindness and compassion to this family. This was not a major crisis, okay? But that's just the, the love of our God. It's his kindness that leads to repentance. And we see that here on full display in Jesus' very first re- recorded miracle, his very first sign and wonder of the kingdom of God breaking in. It's, a, it's, it's, it's rooted in kindness. It's rooted in compassion. And this should be a reminder to all of us, whether it's in a season of, of something that's joyous or something that's very serious and maybe somber, that our expressions should always be rooted in kindness and compassion, just like they were with Jesus. And Jesus shows us in this, this, this story of the wedding at Cana of Galilee the fact that, that fun and laughter should always be shared with others. Jesus had the power to do this miracle completely on his own, but he chose to include the servants, to involve them, because he knew that likely if this went wrong, they would bear the, the major brunt of this embarrassment. He let them in on the backstory, the excitement, the fun of what was going on. And this is another reminder of the importance of community, of community, because as far as we know from what John tells us in the gospel, the the bride and the groom and or even the the, the person, the the master of the, the, the wedding feast had no idea of what happened of what happened. And so it's, it's pretty cool to see the servants getting in there, being involved, being a part of this, fun and laughter. They're another part of encouraging one another. So as the body of Christ, as we as a church family in community, I can't always be up and neither can you. And we need one another to come along and encourage us and to walk alongside us. So this, this thing of enjoying God uh, and this thing of enjoying laughter and celebration and fun, it is something that we're called to do in community. And let us never forget that in the midst of fun and laughter and celebration like we see here at the wedding of Canaan Galilee, significant and meaningful things can happen and they do happen. Because while this is going on and the, the immediate, yay, Jesus for this miracle was more wine, and an ability for this reception to continue on, what we see here is that Jesus was pointing to the culmination of God's kingdom coming to earth in its fullness, pointing to the, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb 
And even in Jesus specifically using the ceremonial pots that were used uh, for the Jewish ritual of, of their purification and their cleansing as they washed their hands when they came in, Jesus is showing them that he is something that is superior, uh, that the purification and the righteousness that he will bring far surpasses that of the law. He, he turns the water in these containers into wine, representing his blood, representing his blood that will be shed for all humanity, not just for the Jews, but for all of humanity, the, the one and only sacrifice for us all, representing his mercy and grace that will never run out. And that is good news for all of us. And so finally, what's the best way for us to be intentional, to be leaning in, to be leaning forward into fun and laughter and celebration in our lives in a God-honoring way that builds up one another, that encourages one another? I just want to say, let us heed Mary's words to the servants. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Following Jesus, it is a, it is a fun adventure. It is an exciting adventure when we choose to walk in what God has for us and, and the opportunities that he has. And I, I look across this room and I, and I see different individual stories of how God has led you, how God is leading you, how you are seeking God's leadership and his guidance for decisions that you're making, paths that you're taking, relationships that you're entering into, jobs that you're moving uh, away for, all those kinds of things. As you pursue God, as you listen for his voice, and then as you do whatever he tells you to do, there are amazing and wonderful things that will happen. Let's not forget that God's kingdom is a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of him setting things right. It's also a kingdom of joy, and I know that joy is multifaceted, and joy is one of those things that God will give us even when things are not good and there's little celebration, there's little laughter, but I don't want us to forget the fact that God is the giver of joy and laughter and goodness and celebration. And so we want to include him in that. We want to welcome his rule and reign. And success in God's kingdom, when we welcome his active rule and reign, it is based on one thing and one thing only, and that is simple obedience. So like Mary told the servants, do whatever Jesus tells you. And that is a good way for us to, to experience fun and following Jesus. This morning, we're going to get a, 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 a taste of, of that celebration this morning as we, as a church family, celebrate communion together. As we come together to celebrate this, it, it's a reminder that there is a banqueting table that God has prepared for us through His Son and through the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and that we're all invited. Every one of us is invited to this table. There is a seat that He has made ready for each one of us. There is room at the table for each one of us. He invites us to come, and He's made a way. His love, His mercy, His grace, His cleansing, His righteousness never runs out. It is free to us, yet it is costly to him. It costs him his body, his blood. And we come this morning to give thanks, to remember that, to receive it. 
And maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. You can do that this morning. The invitation is for you and it's for each one of us. Maybe this morning you are overwhelmed with sadness and there is a time to mourn. There is a time to weep and to cry. And, and, but yet there is a hunger in your heart and there is a longing in your heart to experience the joy of the Lord. I believe that God wants to pour that out on you this morning. Don't be afraid to ask him for it. Don't be afraid to ask him for this good gift. It's not, it's not surface. It's not something that's, you know, that is, is, is meaningless. It's important. You know, I was looking this morning at Psalm 126. It talks about when the exiles were brought back. It was like people who dreamed and they began to laugh again. That's part of that return of, of being in God's presence, of experiencing his rule and reign. Laughter is actually an expression of worship as we see borne out in the Psalms. So I, I just want to encourage you, if you, if you have uh, just a, a deep mourning in your heart and your spirit and your soul, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to bring that lift to you. And that doesn't mean that you're just ignoring the things that are, that are difficult in your life. We've all got things that we're going through that are, that are difficult, and some more than others in, in this season. But God is here. He is our Emmanuel. He is our ever-present help in time of need. And he's got a place at his wedding celebration for you and for me. And he invites us to come just as we are, without pretense. He invites us to come and to enjoy his presence, to experience his kingdom, again, which is a kingdom of peace and righteousness in him filling us with joy.